Here we are together Ooh. again. Monday morning, Lots of coffee. February 28th. Lots of coffee. Lots of coffee. Lots of coffee. Welcome to Book Talk Etc., a podcast bound to grow your TBR. I'm Tina from TBR Etc. And I'm Renee from It's Book Talk. This is a conversational podcast about books and more from two Midwest mood readers who are easily distracted by new releases. And today, we're celebrating women in literature for International Women's Day. We'll share something that we've been loving lately, review our latest reads, and share many of our favorite female authors and audiobook narrators. If you enjoy listening, we'd love for you to follow us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. And if you have a quick minute, please consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or sharing us on social media or both. It truly helps us connect with other book lovers. Hello, Tina. Oh, hi, Renee. I know. I changed it up. How are you today? Um, great. Yeah. Me good too. morning. It is it is a a good sunny morning today. I know. It was sunny over the weekend and it got up to like maybe 50, maybe, maybe 40 oh, something. It? it felt like okay. it felt like 65. I was like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. It probably wasn't. It was probably like 35. But <laughs> I just felt really nice. I had a very productive weekend. I did a to-do list on Friday like for the weekend and just said, all right, these are the things I want to get done on the weekend. I did everything on the list and I'm so proud. I'm so smug. Oh, I'm like, wow, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> An icon. <laughs> wow. Do you actually, I know we we chatted about that, but I don't know what you do. Do you actually check the to-dos off your list or yeah. cross them out? Of okay, course. so do I. <laughs> I do too. I love it. Well, you know, I got my my iPad here. I got my electronic calendar. You electri- okay. Just tink, 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 tick them off. Yes. How was your weekend? Ah, it was good. It was really good. We also had some sunshine. Yeah. And you, like you said, even when it's 50, 40 something here, it feels like it's 70. I took Vinny on a long walk and yeah, just get outside. I mean, I've been outside all winter, but I've been cold. Right. <laughs> so it's yeah. kind of nice. I'm trying to think if, no, we did not do any movies this weekend. We mm-hmm. just had to, di- yeah, dinner out Friday with some friends and then a relaxing Saturday. We did our inaugural backlist book club meeting. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. How did I forget that? Saturday I afternoon. That. that was fun. Right. Now, now, naturally, I didn't read the book, but I was there as a moral support <laughs> and it was nice to see right. everyone. That was fun. I, I love being able to see people after chatting online. Yes. Um, it's so nice mm-hmm. to put names with faces and realize that these are people out there who mm-hmm. love books. And we we talk so much behind the scenes that it's so nice to see each other mm-hmm. and and talk about books, especially if it's it was a good discussion because not everyone loved the book. Meaning right. me. I think I might have been. One of the I think only you liked it the least. <laughs> right. I, I, yes, that's probably true. And the book we're talking about is The Thursday Murder Club. So yeah, I might bring that later on and talk about, or I'll pop it on our social media and, and oh, give some of my idea. extended thoughts. But Fantastic. that was super fun. Yeah. And so this kind of transitions nicely into my loving lately because we get so much from our patrons. And one of the things we do is on Saturday we have a thread Mm -hmm. in Facebook for our loving lately. And so everyone just shares something they've been loving lately. It could be shows, you know, skincare, literally anything. And so somebody shared this once. I have never hit add to cart so fast in my life. I'm like, what? How did I not know this is a thing? So what I bought was microfiber wrist wash towel band wristbands. I don't know how I'm ever going to say those words again, but basically (laughs) what these are are little wristbands for when you're washing your face. My biggest pet peeve ever is when you're washing your face in the sink and the water drips down your arm mm-hmm. and gets your sleeves wet. It makes me nuts. And so it literally makes me not want to wash my face because I hate that feeling so much. So I saw someone share this and literally it absorbs the water so well. You don't even have to take off your watch or put up your sleeves if you don't want to. They just, doop, it absorbs it. 
I love it. They're tight enough, so they work really well, but it doesn't like, you know, bug you. It sounds so simple. But like for $14, I will buy this again and again, although you don't need to because you get four pairs of these for $14. So I kind of just rotate and then wash them and they wash pretty well. So I am like really happy that these exist. These were (laughs) microfiber wrist wash towel band wristbands. Yes. That was a genius loving lately. And, Mm -hmm. and that was from Heather and she's um, one of my friends. Oh, and I was really good with names. I just let (laughs) people, well, she's one of my in real life. Yeah. Friends that I know. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, (laughs) Because those are awesome. And but when she put that on there, I was thinking, how come she's never told me about these? Right. You're like, hey, don't gatekeep, babe. <laughs> right. I hate that, too, that yes. when the water drips down your arms. Oh, I hate it so much. Lily or, really likes you know, these, Sometimes too. you don't always want to shove your, your, you know, if you're heading out or, I don't know, you just yeah. don't always want to shove your sleeves up. I know. I know. They're really nice. But what have you got for us today? Okay. Our chat kind of ties in with us, our chat about our to-do list because I am bringing the tackle box from GretchenRubin.com. And I mentioned this in the late fall that I had ordered these and said I was going to try this out and and maybe report back. I'm reporting back. (laughs) (laughs) These, this is a a very thin box of five post-it notes of different sizes. So the two larger sizes are lined to-dos. One is big, one is slightly smaller, and then the other three, one is like a medium size, and the other are teeny tiny. Like Mm -hmm. you can only barely write one thing on those, which sounds really weird, but I am using these every day. I love these. I'm a post-it note person. So this is really going to appeal to people whose system involves post-it notes, and that's me because I love to write, like this morning... I have already put down five things I want to get done today for the podcast. That's on the to-do post. Yes, that's on the to-do post-it. I will put that on my planner. I can check those off as I go. But then sometimes I'm one of those people that I'm thinking, I have to stop. I have to stop by CVS and grab a prescription. So I'll pull out just the teeny tiny one and write CVS and stick that on the outside of my purse. I mean, it's a crazy system, but this is how my brain works. If I put it in my phone as a reminder or something, that will inevitably pop up, like, and I'll forget about it. Ah, I see. Because I I have to write things. Yes, I have to physically write things down, and I just work that system. And so for me, this is perfect. Some of the like criticisms I looked on when I was on GretchenRubin.com, which I'll link to that. Some people said that they didn't find them as sticky as they should be, or and they curled. They do kind of curl. I mean, it's not meant for like, only, long-term. but I don't care. I don't yeah. put them on my laptop, so uh-huh. that that's not a concern for me. I usually leave them around my kitchen counter or on my planner, and I don't have a problem with them sticking. Got it. Okay. So that's my two cents. Um, and that's the tackle box from GretchenRubin.com. Nice. Now, can you buy refills? No. So what I did, and I will say, I think, like I said, I bought these in late fall. I bought two boxes and they were $15 oh, gotcha. then. They have went up to $19.99. Really? Yeah. That's Inflation. kind of shocking, actually. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think I, I, think I bought them three months ago. Gotcha. Maybe okay. four. I got to look this up because I'm having a hard time with the visual. I'm like picturing like a caboodle, like a giant. It's not a caboodle. It's it's a very tiny, very skinny, clear box that opens and closes. Okay. My problem with this, Lily would, one, immediately steal it. Also, I would lose it. Like, I would definitely lose it in the house, would not be able to find it. And then I'm like, where I can't write things down. That's a me problem. Okay. That's why I like my iPad, because everything goes in here. But I hear you. Mm-hmm. I have to then open the iPad and look at the, you know, planner, right. right, in order to. Right. If I need a quick reminder, I just use my Apple Watch and just say, remind me in an hour to change the laundry or whatever it is. That's how mm-hmm. I, I get that done. Mm-hmm. But. I do use my reminder app. For things like that, I don't, you know, I'm not always going and writing down everything, especially when it's things outside of the house, like places I need to stop Mm -hmm. or, you know, need to pick up bananas. I'll write that really quick and then uh, pop one on. But I do have to keep 
that I, I keep it in a drawer, like right in front of got it. Okay. Where I keep my planner and all that. So I love people's systems. I love hearing people's organizational systems. Like it's just so satisfying to me to see how people I do organize. Too. And oh, and I like that we have such different systems. Anyway. Mm-hmm. I know mine it feels wacky, but it works for me. <laughs> as long as it works. <laughs> all, uh, right. all right. Well, what have you been reading lately? Let me tell you about my latest read. I this was actually on my to-do list to finish this weekend. And I was oh. happy to cross this one out. My latest read was The Christie Affair by Nina de Gramont. And this book is set in 1925. And it's about when Agatha Christie disappeared, and she really did disappear in real life, for 11 days. Her mother had recently died, and her husband was having an affair and planned to leave her. She was found in a hotel 11 days later, never told anybody where she had been, and said that she doesn't remember. That part's true. But this book is the author's reimagining as to what might have happened during those 11 days. And the narrator of this book is Miss Dan O'Day. She's an English woman, and basically she infiltrates the wealthy, rarefied world of author Agatha Christie and her husband, Archie, even though she comes from a very different background. Nan makes her way in and becomes Archie's mistress and eventually lures him away from Agatha. So we flash backward to Nan's early days in England, and we find out that every summer she goes to visit family in Ireland. And when she's in Ireland one summer, she falls in love with a young man named Finbar. They were a star-crossed couple who were destined to be together until the Great War, a pandemic, and secrets tore them apart. Now, the book has three parts to it, and you're kind of wondering, how does this all come together? Like, make this make sense, because I thought this was about Agatha Christie. I would say that it's not. It's more or less about this mistress, and there's three parts to the book, and the author basically breaks down what happened each day that Agatha was missing from the viewpoint of Agatha, Nan, Archie, the police officers investigating those types of characters. My recommendation is to pick this up without reading the synopsis if this sounds at all appealing because I think the synopsis gives too much away. This had a very unique narration. So it's omniscient narration and it's all told from Nan's point of view and she speaks directly to the readers. So she imagines certain things that she obviously wasn't present for like Agatha and Archie's last night together, but I really liked it because she's talking directly to the readers, and I thought it added a lot to the story, and it made me connect with Nan a little bit more. And again, I was kind of wondering, like, why are we getting so much time in Ireland? But when it comes together, I was like, oh, gosh, okay, I get you. I'm here. And you see as Nan goes from this homewrecker to a character you really care about. And a couple episodes ago, maybe two or three I said, I need a good reason for revenge. Like, I want to know why somebody would do the terrible thing to somebody else. And I would say this book has a very, very good reason for Nan wanting to get close to this family. If historical fiction with a bittersweet love story and a little mystery sounds good to you, give this a shot. It is The Christie Affair by Nina de Gramont. And if you're curious about Agatha Christie's disappearance, there is this great episode of a podcast that's no longer running as far as I can tell, but it was by Book Riot and it was called Annotated. In one of their episodes, they break down what happened um, during those 11 days when Agatha Christie disappeared. And so we can link to that in the show notes, but I had already loosely been familiar with her disappearance because of that podcast episode. And I thought this book was so good. I really, really liked it. Oh, yeah. And did you mention, was that a, that was a Reese pick? It was a Reese pick. Yes. It was Reese's February pick and probably my favorite Reese pick, I think. Although. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't love a a ton of hers, but this one definitely, I I think I'd have to look at all her picks, but yes, this is absolutely up there. Okay. I say that because we didn't plan this at all. Not a Reese pick. I'm bring, I have a Jenna pick. Yes, okay. as my oh, as my funny. latest read. What do you got? Which is so funny. I am bringing Black Cake oh, by mm-hmm. Charmaine Wilkerson. So this is yes, this was Jenna's pick for February, and it's a debut novel, and it's about so much. I was so wrong in my assumptions, thinking this is a story about a mom who passes down her black cake recipe. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It is not. I mean, it kind of is. But anyway, it's about two estranged siblings, and they come back together to deal with their mother's death and her hidden past. Wow. That is such a simplified version of what this is about, because you have Byron and Benny, 
in the beginning, they are meeting with a lawyer to hear about the will. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's the setup. But their mother wants them to understand her story. So they have to listen to a recording that she made Ooh. so that she will tell them her everything. Yeah. That was genius because we all we get present day with Byron and Benny, and they have a lot of issues between the two of them, brother and sister. Why haven't they talked in so long? And and why hadn't Benny and her mother talked in so long? I mean, really the crumbs of so many mysteries are put right in the beginning, but the story goes back in time to their mother Eleanor's childhood in the Caribbean. When that happens, we get her voice. So I did listen to this. I highly, highly recommend the audio. If anyone is thinking about trying it, I say go with it. I'm sure this would be great in print. I did not have a print copy. But when when they go back to her childhood, the audio narrator brought her to life. And because we know in the beginning that she's dead. And so I wanted to know her and we got to know her. Mm, and that, that was so good. I mean, as soon as you meet her, And the setup of the story is her mother has vanished and she's left with her father and he decides to do something that is horrible for her. And that's the setup of what happens to Eleanor because eventually she is going to make a decision herself and the story will go to London and and then back to California. And then eventually there'll be Italy. I just had no idea the depth of this story. Mm -hmm. It's hard to talk about without giving anything away, but this is a story filled with so many character-driven plot twists, which you know I love. Mm -hmm. So many. It's also about families and secrets and betrayals and memories. And there's a dual mystery underlying also the whole story. One of them is about her mother, and where did she go? And then there's another mystery, mm-hmm. which is set up in the very beginning on the Caribbean island. Those almost took a back seat. I would be going with the story and then just so into these characters and so into the drama and what was happening and getting to know them. And then all of a sudden I'd realize, oh, but what about those mysteries? Like, I can't wait to find out. And the th- interesting thing about this is... There were times in the 50 to 60% markers that I found myself thinking, I feel like this is too long. Mm-hmm. I feel like like I need, I feel like let's move through some of this. And, and almost to the point of like to the edge of a cliff and thinking, oh man, like this is just too much. And then all of a sudden she'd pull me back in with something. And by the end, there were so so many threads in the story. Some people may say there were too many as far as political issues, cultural issues, family issues, lots going on. Um, But I finished the book and I would have given her a virtual clap because (laughs) she (laughs) pulled it all. She pulled it all together. Mm -hmm. I thought it was brilliant, actually. It's a debut. I don't know how she did this, but she did. And it's in development already as a Hulu original series. Classic. There's so many characters in here that I think people will be dying to see on the screen. It's what a perfect book to have a series for. So that was Black Cake by Charmaine Wilkerson. Ooh, I'm glad. I knew, like you, I have a copy of it, though. I have a print copy. I knew nothing about it. (laughs) I was like, okay, it has something to do with cake, right? I know. Something to do with, like, you know— the, mm-hmm. the family legacy surrounding that. And that was all I knew. But I kind of did that on purpose because I was like, ah, I'm, I'm not going to pick this one up. And when I do, I want to know less about it. But you really tempted me. That one sounds good. And I, I really love a really, like really it. intricate, well-done debut. Oh, yes. I do think this one would be for you. I know. It was a character-driven but, mystery. Excuse me. It sounds good. I know. I think, I don't even know exactly because it's not, a mystery, mm-hmm. but she put in mysteries, mm-hmm. which was a nice I didn't bonus. I didn't know that mm-hmm. when I picked the story, you know, yeah. when I picked the book up or started it. But she also put in historical fiction. I mean, when it starts with her section, it's 1965. Mm-hmm. But then you also have contemporary fiction. It's almost like a genre mashup. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking too. In my book, there's 
your main mystery, right? What, where's Agatha? What happened? And then mm-hmm. there's also like something else underneath that you're like, wait, it's over here. And it kind of slowly like makes its way. And you're like, oh, that's actually what we're supposed to be looking at. There was a couple yeah. different like mysteries going on. So I like that we brought each a celebrity book club pick for February. That's I funny. know. And we didn't even intend to. No. We didn't talk about that. But, you know, we we do like our celebrity book we do. club. I do. I'm, I'm, cur- yeah. I'm always curious to see what they've picked. Speaking of... Book club picks. I mean, that's not a great transition, but <laughs> we will <laughs> we will transition into what today's episode is about. This episode is releasing on International Women's Day, which is March 8th. And so for Book Talk, we wanted to explain really what this day symbolizes and have a chat about female authors that we love, female narrators that we love, and a little bit about men versus women and their reading habits. So International Women's Day is set in International Women's Month, which is the month of March, but the day is March 8th. And it's a global day celebrating the social, economic, cultural, and political achievements of women. Every year, there's a different theme. The 2022 campaign theme is hashtag break the bias. And what they're doing is asking us to imagine a gender equal world that's free of bias, stereotypes, and discrimination, one that is diverse and equitable and inclusive. And so basically, they are asking us to come together to break the bias. And we're going to link in the show notes to internationalwomensday.com, where there's the mission statement, resources, ways to get involved, ways to donate, and things like that. One question I was kind of mulling around when we were planning the episode is, do women read more than men? And if so, why do we think that is? Well, yes. Without even looking it up, I would have said yes. But then doing some research on that, it is true. What's interesting about that is no one seems to have a clear scientific reason. Okay. Yeah. There's theories about it. And then there was a, a, a lot of interviews with bookstore owners who were saying that most of their customers were women, mm-hmm. but they didn't quite understand why that was either. So, you know, me and my research, <laughs> one of the things that I found was cognitive psychologists who have studied reading and the gender differences between men and women. One of the main themes was empathy and mm. do women tend to be more empathetic than men? And if so, which I think their findings kind of leaned towards that way, but people high in empathy and who enjoy other people's stories and wanting to put themselves in other people's situation or learning about other people tend to read more. Mm-hmm. And if that, and so if that is women, which it seems to be, that's one of the theories as to why women tend to read more than men and especially read more fiction. Right. That's what I was thinking is I do know, I mean, of course, men read. I know a lot of men that read. Right. I do, though, wonder if they tend to gravitate more toward nonfiction than fiction. Not always and not exclusively, Mm -hmm. but I, I definitely see just kind of anecdotally men really reading a lot of nonfiction books and women reading nonfiction as well, but definitely leaning more heavily toward fiction. And you pulled this stat, women read more than men in all categories except for history and biography, which tracks with the nonfiction. With the nonfiction, Mm -hmm. exactly. I wonder, well, I think we already know, well, just based on my true crime, remember when I brought that true crime, Savage Appetites, and and women read significantly more true crime. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, so that might be the one. I mean, that one I knew. Category. <laughs> that, yeah. That we, yeah, we definitely outread men in. And I loved this too. When you were doing your research, you linked to something called mirror neurons. And this mm-hmm. was something we just talked about in intro to psych. And I'm like, ooh, I know this. So some studies have found that women have more sensitive mirror neurons than men. And what mirror neurons are, it's a type of brain cell that responds equally when we perform an action as it does when we witness someone else perform that same action. And so there's data that shows that maybe women have more responsive mirror neurons than men, which might explain why women are more drawn to works of fiction, which by definition require that you empathize with the characters you're Mm -hmm. reading about. So maybe we just have an easier time with it. Right. And also there was a lot of chatter, a lot of, you know, could it be that women choose to 
to spend the time, that time relaxing and reading. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is that a, a cultural thing for women mm-hmm. to to do that? Whereas men are maybe not taking that time for themselves to sit down and read. And I bet they're doing other things. That was my thought. Right. They, they're, they're, my thought was socialization. Yes, that's what I'm thinking of. So mm-hmm. socialization. So when we're culture. kids, right, we're socialized to, and not always in, we're not speaking in, you know, absolute black right. and white, but in general, I think boys, right, are put in sports more. They mm-hmm. get really, really into sports. They're playing sports all the time and also video games, right? You see a lot of men that are playing right. video games. Whereas women, I think, or gr- girls, certainly we play sports and do video games too, but I think reading is a big part of at least how I grew up. That's a lot of what mm-hmm. I did was read. That was our activity was going to the library. And again, I did play sports, but it was not as much a part of my identity, I think, as it might be for some of my male counterparts. Right. And this is not, obviously, these are not broad yeah. <laughs> statements. Yes. There's, like you said, and John is a reader. John is a reader. Mm-hmm. My husband is not, but there's plenty of men out there reading. So, what do you think? What do we think about the very obvious difference in the amounts of women on Bookstagram mm-hmm. versus men? Mm. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Too, because of course there are men on Bookstagram, but there's way more women. I think, you know, I'm trying to t- process this. I think it makes sense if more, if women are reading more than men, if that's like our main source of mm-hmm. entertainment, not main, but a big source of entertainment, a big source of how we spend our time. I think it's natural then to say, oh, I see these other people sharing what they read. Like, I want to get in on that too. That seems really fun. Whereas I think if fewer men are even reading, let alone mm-hmm. sharing about what they're reading. There just might naturally be fewer that choose to do that or choose to see that as a way that they want to engage online. Right. Because it re- it does require those extra steps to take a picture. Oh, yeah. And then post and then, you know, yeah. write about the picture, write about what you have read. And I'll link to an article I found about men on Bookstagram. And mm-hmm. actually, I think it was a blog post. But anyway, it was, Rod Kelly on Bookstagram. And he he kind of gave the most in-depth reasoning. And he wasn't even sure if it was true, but based on how he felt, men don't always want to take the time to do all of those steps that involve posting about the book. Mm-hmm. If they're reading, they're reading. They're maybe not taking the steps to post on Bookstagram. It, it because it is a hobby and it's a hobby that takes work mm-hmm. for most people. Because most people are, I mean aren't getting paid to post on Instagram. I wonder, and I did not look the stats up, but I bet there are more women than men on Instagram or more active women. So it's like- On Instagram as a whole. On Instagram as a whole. Mm -hmm. So like first you have the reading, women are more active. And secondly, we're more active on Instagram. I would would bet that's true too. And I wonder if it is because it's work to, (laughs) you know, to post. (laughs) I I don't know. know. I don't know. So I don't know. It's interesting. And I will say, I really enjoy the men that I have found oh, yeah. on Bookstagram yes, that agreed. aren't creepers, that are actually <laughs> that are that are actually reading books. Yes, and I agree. I love finding the male like a male perspective on some of the books that um I've read because it's a completely different perspective sometimes. Well, I like what Rod said in his in the article he was interviewed for is that he, he seeks out a very diverse collective of readers specifically mm-hmm. so that he can see what people from all different backgrounds are reading. And it doesn't have to be gender binary, right? It could be, you know, transgender, it could be gender nonconforming, mm-hmm. male, female, black, white, anything. He tries to f- curate an eclectic feed. I do the absolute same. I really, really try and make a point of like finding different readers to follow. Now, Instagram is being very finicky right now and showing me nothing but reels and people that mm-hmm. have like 2 million followers. Like I've stopped following huge, huge, huge accounts because that's all I've been seeing is like, Two million plus. I'm like, what is this? Like, I'm a book oh. account. Where are my book feet? Anyway, right. I could go on forever about this. But <laughs> <laughs> he makes my point being, he makes a good point to like, yes, you can, if you, you find you're right. seeing the same stuff over and over, branch out and see if you can find others, right. users to follow. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. do you have any other thoughts? No, that's about it for that. Okay. Okay. So let's get into some book lists. And the setup for this week's episode is going to be a little bit different. Instead of sharing two books that we've each recently read, 
we're going to share our auto-read female authors or those that we're really, really excited anytime they come Mm -hmm. out with a new book. We can't wait to read it. We'll also be sharing our favorite debut female authors and close it out with our favorite female audiobook narrators. I'm going to start with my, maybe my favorite author. I don't know. Listen, I say that about a lot, but my first is Lisa (laughs) Jewell. (laughs) And Lisa Jewell is the author of 19 novels. And of those, I read six. And so I had a hard time picking because honestly, I've enjoyed all of them that I've read. But I'm going to go with the first one I've read to recommend. And that was I Found You. And Basically, it's about a single mom who finds a man sitting on the beach outside of her house who has no memory, no name, no jacket, doesn't know how he got there. And the book's about missing people and the space between missing and being lost. It's really, really good. And I loved how this came together. She also has one coming out this August in the U.S. called The Family Remains. So she's one I'm always waiting for. Like, all right, what do we got? Usually we get about one a year, too. Right. Yes. I love her, too. I also... In making my list was trying to think of, because it's hard. There's a lot of, I, yeah. I like a lot of female authors, but these are all women who I don't even know what their book is. I don't need to know what their book is about. When mm-hmm. they come out with a new one, I will, I need it and I I want to read it. It yes, doesn't matter. I so agree. that was kind of how I, I chose mine. I mean, I'm going to mention this author first because I think everyone who listens knows who I am going to, is but I have to, I, it's the queen, Sharon Bolton. I have to, but here's, but I'm going to bring you all one that I don't think I've talked about on the podcast. So I, I really can't choose an absolute favorite of hers anyways. So, but I want to tell you about Daisy in Chains. Mm-hmm. And this one was about a handsome convicted murderer who reaches out to a successful female attorney to take his appeal case. And he has a fan club, even. Oh, wow. He's very, he's one of those like popular convicted murderers. Mm. And the question is, will she fall victim to his charm? Okay, that sounds really good. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I absolutely know you would like it. Yes. I mean, I don't, I think most, most people who like mystery thrillers, especially if they involve a, a serial killer that, and it's not, from what I remember, it's not super gory. Got it. Okay. I Yeah, yeah. definitely on my list. The name throws me off. I don't like the name of that book for some Daisy reason. Daisy and Chains? Yeah. It reminds me of Alice in Chains. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know why. I'm like, what is this about? Um, but yes, I will add that to my list. Uh, next for me is another, I have a lot of mystery and thriller authors on here. Not By no real reason, it just kind of aligned with yeah. my interest. But next is Alice Feeney. And I added her to the list because I have read all of her books. Mm-hmm. And I've liked some more than others. But the ones that I really liked, I really, really liked. So she really does give us something a little bit different in all of them, though, which I very much appreciate. My favorite from her is Sometimes I Lie, which is her debut. And this is about a woman who wakes up from a coma, and she kind of has this uneasy feeling that something's going on with her husband. And I think it's really hard to do this fractured memory trope well, but this one was a very good one. So far, you you have brought two books I've also read in love. Oh, no, I take that back. I'm thinking his and hers. Oh, his and hers. hers. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that one, too. For Alice Feeney. Okay. So my next author I would like to mention is Celeste Ng. Mm -hmm. And I have read both of her books, loved both of them, both five stars. But the one I want to mention today is Everything I Never Told You, which is about a Chinese-American family living in 1970s small town Ohio. So when the body of their favorite child is found in the local lake. Chaos ensues in their family, in the community. And and just the fact that I even mentioned favorite child, and that is part of the synopsis, I remember it made me curious because what kind of family dynamics are going on in that family? Yeah. Yeah, And what happened to Lydia? So- she does very good, family very dynamics good mystery. so well. Yes, I have not fam- read, mm-hmm. I haven't read that one. I read um, Little Fires Everywhere, loved it. Her new one is Our Missing Hearts on October 4th, if you want to say um, that. And so she, yes, so she has a new one coming out, Our Missing Hearts. I don't even know what it's about, but I've already pre-ordered it. I don't even know. I don't <laughs> nice. even care. Doesn't matter. Yes. And that one comes out on October 4th. Okay, good. Yeah, that's a long time. But I know. 
You know it'll be here before we know it. (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) All right. My next one is a new favorite, and it's Charlotte McConaughey. And I, she only has two books out. I read and I love, love, love them both. But I'm going to pick Migrations as my favorite, even though I just mentioned it this year. It's set in the near future where climate change is, is now a climate disaster. And it's about a woman who sets off to complete her husband's goal of following the Arctic turns on one last migration. This book is gorgeous. I cannot say enough good things about it. I need so many more books from her, and I cannot wait to see what she writes next. Can you believe I have not read her? Mm. And don't. She's so good. I need to. I yeah. know. Okay. I would say either one. Either, either one. one. Yeah. I was trying to decide which one you might like better. Maybe once there were wolves, because there's a little more mystery to it. Okay. I have copies of both. So, yes. All right. My next favorite author is Bianca Murray. <gasps> Yay. Oh, good. Yes, I love her. I've I've read both of her books, loved them both. And if I had, I mean, if I had to choose my absolute favorite, it is If You Want to Make God Laugh. This is about three unique women in post-apartheid South Africa who are brought together in their darkest time and discover the ways that love can transcend the strictest of boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was f- so fully invested in each of the women. Just Love them. Love the story. She is able to take family, friendship dynamics, love dynamics, and make it page-turning. Yeah, I agree. I have not read her first one. Hum 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 if you don't don't know the words. words. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I cannot wait to see what she comes out with next. Yes, I know she's very busy with her podcast, but I'm hoping that we're going to get another book from her. I feel like we're due. Soon? Yeah, I feel like we're due. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next for me is Jennifer Hillier. And I love her. I need to read more of her backlist. I've actually only read two of her books. But what I really, really like about her is that she gets into the psyche of her characters. And while they're not always the most sympathetic characters, you do come to understand them. And my favorite that I'm bringing is Jar of Hearts. And we know this one is, whew, this one's pretty mm-hmm. deranged. It's about a woman who's being released from prison after her alleged involvement in her best friend's murder. There's a serial killer. And this book is disturbing. And I gave it five stars. <laughs> I loved it. It was good. She does have a it new one true. coming out this July called Things We Do in the Dark, which I am excited for. That'll be a fun summer read, I bet. Yes, I love Jar of Hearts. It was nuts. Okay. Next for me is Attica Locke. Mm-hmm. And I have I've talked about her books on the show before. Uh, I do really, really love her uh, Darren Matthews series. And and I do need to read her backlist. So the one that I'm I'm saying is my favorite is Heaven My Home. And that is about Texas Ranger Darren Matthews. And he is on the hunt for a boy who's gone missing, but it's the boy's family of white supremacists who are his real target. And this was very atmospheric. And I just I love Darren Matthews. I will follow him mm-hmm. wherever. It doesn't matter. So as soon as I, she writes another Darren Matthews, I'm there. I don't even doesn't matter what it's I, about. It's one of those. He's one. one of those characters I'll I follow. Know. I know, and I need to know more about him because he's got a lot going on in his home life. I'm mm-hmm. like ready. I'm ready for it to come to fruition, whatever it yes. is. <laughs> and that's really a great way, isn't? I mean, for authors to give us a little bit to keep mm-hmm. us coming back to find out more. We don't want all the answers right away. That's true. It's one of the only series that I've read. And there's only two okay. books in the series, but. <laughs> okay. My next author is Tayari Jones. And when I, I literally can't wait for her next one, whenever it will be, I'm like looking, mm-hmm. I'm like, where's our next <laughs> novel, Tayari? I loved it so much. So my favorite from her is An American Marriage. And not only is that my favorite from her, it's one of my all-time favorite books. And I've talked about it before, but it's about a newlywed couple on the come up. And they're, you know, they kind of, everything gets cut short when the husband gets incarcerated for a crime that he did not commit. She has four books and I've read two of the four. I need to go back and catch the other two. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait. Hopefully soon. I know. That book had such a riveting, you know, a riveting storyline. So, such a good, like, plot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. My next author is Lily King. And my favorite book by her is Writers and Lovers. I just love that book so much. And it's going to sound really boring when I say this, but it's about Casey, 
a young woman who falls for two very different men when her world is already in chaos. She's trying to find herself. She's trying to really fulfill her creative ambitions and balance the conflicting demands of art and life. And that does not sound like it would be page turning, but it was. I mm-hmm. loved it. And but I do love a good love triangle. Exactly. And this was so well done. And uh, just I loved it. It's yeah. My favorite I, the love triangle one. I knew that's gonna get you every time. It it does. Next is my only YA author to make this list. It's Angie Thomas. And she has three books out. Uh, actually there's like an anthology, but she has three like standalone books and I've read them all. I really, really liked all of them. But I'm going to go with The Hate You Give as my favorite as okay. a classic. And this one is about a young girl who was in the car when her best friend, who is an unarmed black teen, gets shot and killed by the police. She does an amazing job of getting the readers to really sit with uncomfortable situations, sit with the characters, and consider issues from multiple sides. She's also really wonderful at world building. Garden Heights feels real. Like, I can't believe that, that their neighborhood doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And you can't go wrong with her. I really, really love her writing. I second that one. My next one is author Renee Denfeld. I have read all three of her books, have loved all three of her books. And the one I'm bringing as my favorite is The Child Finder. And that is about a haunting, atmospheric, and deeply suspenseful novel about a private investigator who must use her unique insights to find a missing girl. A little girl. And this is in a very, the little girl is missing in very snow covered mountains. So it's a really, really atmospheric. Mm -hmm. Really, I mean, you can't go wrong with any of her books, but this one is the start of a series with the same investigator. I've not heard of this author. Good job. Yeah, she's really good. Nice. She's very literary. Got it. With combined with her mystery writing. Okay. I like that. My next is Jane Harper, who is an Australian crime author. I have read all of her books, and I liked all but one, (laughs) which was The Survivors. (laughs) But The Dry, the first, is my favorite. And I was, like, writing my notes. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is about a police officer. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. hate all books with police officers as characters. But (laughs) the reason why this one worked for me is because you have Aaron Falk, who returns to his hometown. And, you know, I love that when they're returning to their hometown. Uh And he's there to investigate a murder committed by a former friend. This book is gritty. It's so well done. I will read anything Jane Harper writes, and I'm excited to see what she comes out with next. I think I can say that for all of them, though, but I truly mean it. (laughs) That is surprising that you have a detective story on there. Yeah, I think it's the home connection. You know, I love when something happens when they're teens or when they're younger, and then it comes back to haunt them. He's got a reckoning. That's. Did you read that book? Yes, I love The Dry. Okay. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. It's also really atmospheric. I think Mm -hmm. we like atmospheric reads. Same. Okay. Well, my next one is not going to be surprising. Britt Bennett. Yeah. I love her book. I've read both her books, Mm -hmm. loved both of them. I will pick The Vanishing Half. I may have liked that just a little bit more. And that's about two Black sisters who grow up together, but one of them decides to live her life as white and the other as Black. And Mm. so much happens. This was just an an incredible story. Easy five stars. And I wish we were getting another one this year because I think that it's been almost two years. So yeah, that was 2020. I remember Lily was just born. That was the book I was reading when she was born. And she was like literally this big. Oh. Like her feet are still curved from being inside. And I was like <laughs> holding this physical book. I have a photo of it. So that book's very special to me. But I loved uh, yes. it. I loved it too. Yeah, it was so good. Did you read The Mothers? I did read The Mothers, yep. And I like The Vanishing Half a little bit better as well. Okay, same. I love her, yeah. I definitely want more from her. Next for me is Karen Slaughter. And I had to bring Karen Slaughter. She is the (laughs) queen of, gosh, disturbing and twisted. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so I've read three of her four standalone. I've not read any of her series, obviously, because it's me. But I picked The Good Daughter (laughs) for this one. And I really struggled. I really liked The Good Daughter, but I also really liked Pretty Girls. But I went with The Good Daughter. This one's about two adult sisters who are still dealing with the trauma of having their small town family life torn apart 
by a terrifying attack on their family home. And you kind of get their perspective as adults. And what I like about her writing is that she really goes there. Her books are typically pretty dark. And she even tempts me with her series. So I'm like, maybe I will try mm. Will Trent or something else because I really okay. like her writing. Okay, good. My next author is Marjan Kamali. And my favorite book, she's only she's only written two books. Mm-hmm. So my favorite is The Stationery Shop. And I love this book so much. It's set in Tehran. And it's the story of two people who are in love, young people who are in love. And they get separated by a tragedy. And it's what happens to them over the next 60 years. So this is on my five-star bookshelf. I And the cover is gorgeous. And I look at it and I just keep thinking, when will she write another one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I need Hopefully something soon. else. Yeah. This was so good. Speaking of when will she write another one, I don't know if this author ever will. It's Gillian Flynn. I don't know if we're oh, ever going to get another one. I had to bring her because wow. obviously yeah. Gone Girl is a classic, but I also really wanted right. to put a plug in for Sharp Objects. That mm-hmm. book, it's, it came out in 2006. It blew my friggin' mind, the ending. Mm-hmm. It's about a crime reporter who goes back home to solve the murder of a preteen girl and another girl that's missing. Holy cats. Very, very dark. Very gritty. She only has three books out, but gosh, she's such a big presence. I'm like, wait, only three? Is that right? But yeah, it's only three. I can't imagine, though, the pressure of trying to live up to Gone Girl. So there's something to be said for, like, you know, going out know, while you're it's on been top. 10 years. Yeah. Well, it's okay. Like, we, <laughs> I know. We'll, we'll take another grace. one, anything. We'll, t- we'll take whatever you want, Gillian, if you <laughs> right. would just give us something. But yeah, we'll see if we ever get one. Right. Okay. My next author is Sherry Lapina. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I've just been cruising through her backlist. My very favorite is Someone We Know. And that is set in a neighborhood. And it's about suburban families where it's not just the husbands and wives who play games and have secrets, but everyone in the family has something to hide. And her teenage son has done something that brings the families together and not in a good way. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's a good one. I've never read her. I got it. I've got to give one a, ch- a shot. I don't know why. Oh, you do. I know. I'll think about which one. To which one you recommend? To you. No, mm-hmm. I lie. I lie. I lie. I did read the na- the couple next door. The couple next door. I always forget that that's her. But um, okay. okay, next for me, and this is my final one. It's Jody Pico, and I had to bring her because I was really sitting with it and thinking about who are the authors that I've read the most of, and I have read her for years at this point, mm-hmm. fifteen plus years, and she's got twenty four novels out. I've read eleven of those. But my favorite has got to be 19 Minutes, which is about a school shooting. And it's told from the perspectives of the characters involved. I read this 15 years ago, and the opening paragraph is still with me. The opening paragraph, I used to judge um, speech competitions like years ago. High schoolers would do these speech performances, and so I would judge them. And I remember somebody gave a performance of the opening paragraph of 19 Minutes. It's chilling. Anyway. Her books are always so well-researched, and generally I'm tempted to see what she comes out with because it's always something different. Her most recent was a pandemic book. Before that was in Egypt. Before that was in an abortion clinic. So you really are getting a lot of range from this author, and she's one I'm always like, all right, yeah, I'll give it a go. Okay. Are you going to read her new one? Yeah, I think I will. I think I will. Okay. I know it's, I know it's a getting very mixed reviews. I'm, I'd be really curious to hear where you land. I'm curious about it, too. I don't mind pandemic books, but I, I think some of what I heard was that it felt too soon. So that I don't mm-hmm. like, I, I never love a pandemic book where it felt like the author like was like, oh yeah, this is what's going on. Let me bring this. And like, like it's right. almost because it's trendy. I hate to say that, but I don't know. Well, I think it's called Wish You Were Here if um, yeah. we didn't mention that. And, but I think, like you said, she's such a prolific writer that mm-hmm. I bet you would think she would handle it. Yeah. Right. Well, with with care. I don't know. It makes sense, though, right. like because she writes, you know, she said she just kind of sat down and was during the pandemic mm-hmm. and was inspired. And I can't fault an author for that. So I do want to read that right. one. OK, this is tough because I have two more. Can, can I quickly bring both? Of course. Yes. <laughs> All right. Because I, I could not choose. And Alice Hoffman. Oh, I was uh, wondering I if you were going to bring Alice Hoffman. I was hoping I so. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, Alice Hoffman. And the book I want I want to bring that I don't even I don't think I've talked about on the show that I love so much is Faithful. Mm-mm. And oh, I loved it. Five stars. This is about Shelby Richmond, and she is growing up on Long Island. She's an ordinary girl until one night an extraordinary tragedy changes her fate. And her best friend's future is destroyed in an accident while Shelby walks away with the burden of guilt. And this is a very much a tragedy story with with her guilt just changing her life. And you know Alice Hoffman, she can she can make you just be so riveted and tied into mm-hmm. the story and she definitely does it with this book and I don't really think I've heard much about this book and I've never um, heard of it. Yeah, but the synopsis yeah. sounds really good. I'm like, "Oh, it's really good." It sounds like it's a very really, Renee really synopsis. You know, I do love a, a everything changes in one mm-hmm. instant mm-hmm. story and that's kind of what this is. Okay, one more. And this is I I cannot not mention her because she's right up there with the queen, Sharon Bolton, and that's Jane Casey. And if you love mysteries, I I just recommend her entire Maeve Kerrigan series. And those are the books that she has written. All Maeve Kerrigan series. She's a police detective. She has a partner, Josh. There's everything. These are fantastic murder mysteries. I don't think I've ever figured out any of her mysteries. I love that. So she's she's fantastic. I don't care what she writes. I will be pre-ordering her next book. Nice. So those are all of mine. All right. Well, those are our um, authors who have more than one book published. We also mm-hmm. definitely felt like we had to give a nod to some of our favorite debut authors. Specifically, you know how I am. I don't read us authors back catalog. So I feel like when I discover an author, I'm like, oh, is this a debut? It must be. I've never read anything by them. But these are debut authors. And I'm like, yes, I cannot wait to see what you come up with next. You'll, you have heard me talk about some of these, but I'll start with Catherine Adele West, who is the author of Saving Ruby King. Love this book. It's set in the south side of Chicago, and a woman gets murdered in her family home. And the people in the neighborhood rally around the rest of the family members that remain. And they're wondering, was it gang violence? Was she murdered? Was something else at play? Really nice literary mystery, very much centered on the Black experience in the south side of Chicago. I love this book. She is writing a sequel Oh, mm-hmm, to this book, but it's going to be about the different characters in the family. So we're just going to have to be patient, and I will wait for whenever <laughs> Catherine is able to give that to us. Okay. Well, I... And bringing a book that I, and I actually just read it last year. It's White Ivy by Susie Yang. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I loved this debut. And it's both a love triangle and a coming of age story about Ivy and her dark obsession with her privileged classmates and the lengths she'll go to win the love of a certain boy. <laughs> I'm not, I, I'm not sure it was this published in 2019, maybe, but anyway, it's been more than a year. She wasn't, mm-hmm. but I couldn't find anything about her having another book. book in the I works. Yeah. I think it was more recent than that. I want to say 20 or 21, but whatever. No, it would have been 20. Okay. Doesn't matter. Okay. Maybe it was 20. But yeah, I'm <laughs> also looking forward to that. I really like that book. It went places I was not expecting, which is always oh, a good thing. Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. Uh, all right. I'm going to have to retire this title, I think, because you guys are sick of me talking about it. But it's Alone in Bannisters <laughs> When I Ran Away. That was a debut. I loved it. And it's about a woman who grapples with being a new mother and the trauma of having lost her brother on 9-11. I love this book so, so much. I was being nosy on Goodreads, and I found that there is one slated for later on in 2022 called Little Prisons. But it's oh. for June. And I'm like, I haven't heard anything about it. It's already March. Like, what's going on here? Is this, Are we really getting this book? So I don't want to get my hopes mm-hmm. up. But I okay. did see something about a little pr- book called Little Prisons. Yeah, that would be weird if it does come out. But there's zero buzz about it. Yeah, no, there's like no nothing. I'm like, come on, man. Are we getting it or not? <laughs> <laughs> All right. My next one is Songs in Ursa Major by Emma Brody. And I... Love this book, and it would not seem like this would be one that I loved, but I did. And it's about Jesse and Jane, two musicians who become stars, and it's about their love story until 
it's not about their love story. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really, I mean, that that's it. But it was so good. I mean, there's so much to the story. I loved it. And I can't wait for her to write something else. She's an editor. Yeah, she's an executive editor, I think is what I read. So I don't know if she's got something else in the works. Like, do you have time? Like, come on, what's what's happening here? I'm always fascinated by writers that are not, like this is not their full-time thing, like where they have like a, a day mm-hmm. job. I'm like, how do you make it work? Like Julie Clark I is know. a teacher. Like, I'm like, how did you find time? Well, I woke up super early. I'm like, oh, the dedication, man. I know. Okay, next debut for me was is Raven Leilani, who wrote the book Luster. And this one came out, I think, in early late 2019 maybe, but it is gritty. It is about a young Black woman who is struggling to find her identity, and she gets involved in a white couple's open marriage. I loved the writing in this. It I loved the commentary. It was very Gen Xer. Like, this character kind of jumped off the page, and she she's the type of character that makes decisions. You're like, oh my God, like, why are we doing this? But Lots of good here. She also, uh, I think, worked in publishing. And so she's writing a little bit about the Black experience working in publishing. Really, really solid book. And so I'm very curious to see what she comes out with next. Okay. Next for me is Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. This was so good. It's a Mm page-turning, big-hearted story about race and privilege centering around a young Black babysitter and her well-intentioned employer. And the surprising connection that threatens to undo them both. Uh, this was page turning. This was really, I think I, I think I binged this in a day and no word on whether we're getting anything else anytime soon. This was really, really good. That book's great for book club. I yes. really like that one too. All right. My next one is Abby DeRay, who wrote The Girl with the Louding Voice. And this one uh, just spoke to me. It's about Aduni, who's a 14-year-old Nigerian girl with a dream to become educated. That is her main goal. And we figure out what happens when she basically gets arranged to marry a man that's much, much older than her. And she becomes one of his many wives. Aduni was such a good character. And I was very, very compelled. So I can't wait to read more from this author, hopefully soon, because that was, I think, 2020, Mm. maybe 2019. Every what is time? Know. Who knows? <laughs> we we just know if it hasn't been within the past year, then we're ready for another one. Mm-hmm, exa- <laughs> right, we're very impatient. <laughs> we are, we are. Okay, I have two more, I believe, and this one, mm-hmm. I still, I still am going to try to figure out a way to get you to read it. And it's the Paper Palace. The author is Miranda Cowley Heller, and her book is the Paper Palace. Now, this is a book that seems so simple, but there's so much to it. And it's Elle, the wife, in the opening scene. And really, she tells the story. And it's about the tensions between her desire and her dignity, the legacies of abuse, and the crimes and misdemeanors of families. There's quite a lot going on in this story. And I don't know. I feel like I, I, I I can talk you into it at some point. We'll see. Okay. Well, life is long. We'll see. (laughs) Okay. My last one is uh, Angie Kim, who wrote the book Miracle Creek. I loved this book. It was courtroom drama about what happens in the aftermath of an explosion of a hyperbaric oxygen therapy machine. This book is very layered. There are a lot of suspects, and I never knew who to trust. And she is a lawyer, and I like reading books written by Mm -hmm. those with a law Mm -hmm. background. So that's always something that catches my eye. Hopefully she comes out with a new one soon. Okay. My last book is by Kara Wall, and it's The Dearly Beloved. Oh, yeah. yeah. This this was about two couples who we get their story through decades of love, friendship, jealousy, understanding, and forgiveness. And it's set against the backdrop of very uh, a very turbulent church congregation which really truly threw me off and i hesitated reading this for so long and then i did read it and it, it was five stars really love this book now mm-hmm. on goodreads it's showing her next book as i believe it was called provenance there's no pub date there's nothing but there's oh, a synopsis but then I saw in the comments that somebody was like, 
wait, where is this book? I can't find it on Amazon. And she responded, I'm trying to write it. <laughs> so <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why it's on Goodreads. These poor authors. If we it's not them. finished, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> Interesting. Is yes. that it for you? Yes. Those are oh, my perfect. debut. Okay. Those are my debut authors. Okay. So we have a couple of audiobook narrators we wanted mm-hmm. to share and give a quick shout out to. I only have two. And I'm going to actually scoop you because I bet this one's on your list. I too. know you're going to scoop me. I know you. I know who it is. Bonnie Turpin. Yes, I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> well, that's why I got to I got to get in here quick. So, of course, Bonnie Turpin. She's narrated so many books. The one I um, brought is The Hate You Give, which is also um, by Angie Thomas. You can't go wrong okay. with a favorite author and a favorite right. audiobook narrator. But she's she's narrated so many. What? Okay. Did you I'll have gi- one? Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you mine. These Women by Ivy Pakoda. She narrated oh, that. Do you remember? I, yes, I brought that I do. in the fall. I think I. Yes. I mean, she deserves an Oscar. Oh, okay. For that mm-hmm. audiobook narrate, or I should say, it out. What is it? An Audi an, Award. Audi Award. Audi yes. Award. Audi How do you award. pronounce Audi it? Award. She deserves that. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, what's your first one then? Man, this is tough. But I love Brittany Presley. Yes. I, I've mm-hmm. actually listen to many of her books. And I think my very favorite is Maybe You Should Talk to Someone. Yeah. Okay. Can't go wrong. Uh, this just... is an episode chock full of books Renee wants me to read that I've just yes. been avoiding for a year at this point. <laughs> if if you told me that I had to only pick one book <sighs> to tell you to read, and it, it is that book and you have to listen to it. Fine. That's okay. it. That's what I'm going to have to go with. All right. Can I get to the end of the year? <laughs> yes, that's fine. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, I will give you this one to read. And the audiobook narrator is Saskia Marleveld. Love her. She's wonderful. Okay. And the book is Once There Were Wolves by Charlotte McConaughey. Oh, okay. So I want you to read that one or listen to it. Listen to I it. I also really, really love The Huntress by Kate Quinn was narrated by Saskia Marleveld. I would not okay. have read that book if not for this narrator. She's so, so, so good. Okay. All right. Those are two I haven't read. So thank thank you for you just bump those up because if then if not only you you really love both those books, but you love yes. the audios. Yes, exactly. So that's okay, good. Gosh, okay. I am going to have to say that Exe Sands mm-hmm. is so is just one of my absolute favorite. And the book that I recently listened to that she narrated was Such a Good Wife by Serafina Nova Glass. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea how that w- that book would have been in print, but man, I was just hanging on every word that she said. It was so good. Oh, Mm-mm. you know what? I cannot not mention Lynette Freeman and Simone McIntyre who narrated Black Kate. Oh. Mm-hmm. I mean, phenomenal narration. Phenomenal. So I might listen to that one. Just try. I mean, I'm sure it's great in print. But anyway, Julia Whalen, I think we can both be in agreement about her. Yeah. Yeah, she's um, great. I can't think of any specific ones just because the seven and a half husbands of Evelyn Hugo Uh, is my favorite. mm -hmm. She narrates, I think, all of Taylor Jenkins Reads books. I think so. Yeah. Mm No, that's a great. That's a good uh, narrator narrator list. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do we give enough? Did we give enough uh, shout outs in this episode to our favorite I mean, female authors? I know. we've. I was going to say, like, good luck with the show notes on this because there's going to be so many. But we'll link these books. And, you know, I think it's they're very worthwhile. It sounds like almost all of these books we also highly, highly recommend. So yes, you can't go sure. wrong. We mm-hmm. also have a shelf edition, right? Yes. Yes, Just we to, do. you know, as though we don't, we haven't Just, already blown your TBR up. Right. But I have a funny one. Or not funny, but I have a funny way that I came about this. This book is called She Rides Shotgun by Jordan Harper. Have you heard of it? I've heard of that. I have okay. heard of this. Yes. The reason it caught my eye was uh, somebody <laughs> was talking about it on Twitter. And S.A. Cosby said that this book made him want to throw his computer out of the window because he'd never write anything as good. And that oh. made me so happy. So this book is about an 11-year-old girl named Polly. She's smart, far beyond her years, but she is a loner. And her mother says she has gunfighter eyes, like the father she's never met. She's never met him because he is in prison. But he's about to be released, and he is in trouble. He is run afoul of the powerful leader of the Aryan Brotherhood. And basically, as soon as he gets out, they are about to put a hit on him. And then he realizes that everybody he's ever loved is a target, including his daughter, Polly. 
and they're forced into hiding. And he's basically having to teach his daughter about how to survive in a world like this when you have a target on your back. And I just think, oh my God, a daughter father relationship. Mm -hmm. It sounds super gritty. It's about survival. It's about finding a way to create this bond. Because remember, he had been in prison. She knew nothing about him. I am like, okay, yep, got to squeeze this in somewhere. (laughs) Um, And it came out, I think, in 2017. This book was She Rides Shotgun by Jordan Harper. Yeah. And I, for some reason, I really, really, I trust S.A. Cosby and Mm -hmm. his blurbs. Same. Oh, I do too. I do too, for sure. Yes. Okay. My Shelf Edition is cover story by Susan Rigetti comes out April 5th of 2022. Uh, have you heard of this one? No. Okay. So. It's set in New York City. Love so it. it is most anticipated by Entertainment Weekly, Marie Claire, and Parade. And this is a story of aspiring writer, Laura, who is a an NYU student And she is thrilled to land a summer internship at Elle magazine where she meets Kat Wolf, contributing editor and the daughter of a clean energy mogul. So they strike up a friendship and Kat begins taking Laura under her wing to get help with side projects and to encourage her writing. As their friendship grows, Laura, something happens. Laura loses her scholarship. And Kat's solution is come be a ghostwriter for me. Mm-hmm. So she moves into Kat's suite at the Plaza Hotel. And sounds like what transpires is a lot of extravagant parties, the glitter, like the privileged lifestyle. But then Kat's perfect exterior starts to crack. And there's something illicit going on with her. There's a shady side to her and things start happening. What's interesting here is is it says that the story is told in diary entries, which don't always work for me, but it also says FBI correspondence. Ooh. <laughs> so I'm now I'm like, Curious. Oh, oh, I wonder, mm-hmm. I wonder how that all ties together. And that was cover story by Susan Rigetti. Ooh, very good. Very good one. Well, that's it for today. We thank you for spending a part of your day with us. Links to all the books mentioned can be found in the show notes. And thank you in advance to Renee for getting all of that done because there's about a million. I will try my best to get them all in. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can help us by following us wherever you listen and by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us get our show out to new listeners and grows our audience. And don't forget, if you would like access to exclusive bonus content like our Facebook group, like our Backlist Book Club, you can join us for $5 a month on patreon.com slash etc. Feedback and questions about the show can be sent to booktalketc at gmail.com. You can also connect with us both at booktalketc on Instagram, Tina at tbretc, and me, Renee, at It's Book Talk. Talk to you next week. In the meantime, remember... Everything's better with women and books. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. So true. Bye. Renee, I can't stop talking about this library fine. (laughs) But when they, I looked at it, what did I say? It was like $68. I was like, do you know how many patron that is? What might have happened with Archie and Christy on, with Archie and Agatha? (gasps) What? Oh, John walked in. (laughs) Ah, I thought there was like a, like oh, a bee or something gosh. that Sorry. I don't not that yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So um Lily is loves this stuffed animal named Ollie. And he was in the bed. I didn't see him in here. And I could hear her going, Ollie, Ollie, <laughs> like asking for oh him. My God. So John just came in to get him. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> okay. Well, that'll be the outtake. All right. <laughs> um I'll just try again.